Have you ever seen that episode of George Lopez where his mom gets the clap? No. It's <laughs> break. <laughs> well, no, Drew, that was not an outcast reference. That was for us to line up the timing. Oh. Which, as we already established, <laughs> we don't need to do. You got this handy Focusrite Scarlett 2i2. Not a sponsor. Yet? Mm. <laughs> hey. If you're a representative of Focusrite, I got so many damn emails from y'all. Might as well sponsor the show. I mean, we're we're probably the one show pushing forward your product more than any other, so <laughs> just saying. Yeah. We're it's kind of an like underground like niche podcasting tool. <laughs> oh yeah, I would say so. Most people don't even know you can use it for podcasts. <laughs> yeah, most people actually go to a studio to record <laughs> idiots. <laughs> what were we saying about George Lopez? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I got a lot to say about the George Lopez TV show. That show got six seasons, only which six. Is crazy, yeah, only six. That's wild. There's a there's a. That's one of those shows where I figured there was like nineteen plus seasons. <laughs> yeah, it's there's definitely a universe out there where that's like there that multiverse or that universe's version of The Simpsons. You know, yeah, where it's just like it's. Nobody expects it to ever get canceled. I think I just have a skewed perspective because of how many times I like bolted awake in a cold sweat <laughs> in my grandpa's house and it was just on. Mm, Nick at night. Tell and me about it. There was that one show that came after it about the like claymation dentist. <laughs> what? Glenn Martin DDS. Do you remember that? No. It was I I remember trying really hard to make sure I got the TV turned off after George Lopez because I didn't want to see that stuff. Mm. It, it it creeped me out a little bit, not going to lie. Hey, after 9 p.m., if I'm in my papa's house, I'm not watching Nick at night if I can help it. <laughs> if I've got control of the remote, straight to Adult Swim, baby. Mm. I grew up too fast. <laughs> I was like that with Comedy Central, I feel mm. like. Let's see. That's why my comedy is so cringe and yours is so stand-up. <laughs> stand-up citizen. Yeah, sort of. You're also... Central uh, to all uh, comedic styles also, I would say. Yeah, speaking of which, you're a big... Uh, oh, what's his name? The Masturbator? <laughs> uh, who? <laughs> who is the Masturbator? <laughs> what's his name? I should have known his name before I said that. Oh, are you talking about Louis C.K.? Yeah. Damn it. Now the joke uh, was. I was going to say, <laughs> outspoken Louis C.K. fan. I'll, I'll edit the hell out of that to make it sound. So I'll, I'll splice this clip. <laughs> so, yeah, you're a big Louis C.K. fan. Outspoken even, one might say. Um, well, I do know that Louis C.K. did not have television shows on Comedy Central. Hey, fair enough. Um, he was more of a, an FX dude from what i remember although i honestly like i don't it's been a while since i've had cable that tracks yeah the the fx part not the not having yeah cable. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but once again i'm gonna try and reel it like back a, in george lopez um his grandma got the clap or? his mom his mom got the clap the kid's grandma max? that's how it works Is max's his grandma oh okay yeah and also carmen maybe carmen's the mom benny's the grandma Oh, okay. See, yeah, she I, is a wild one. 
a firecracker. <laughs> I certainly never got into the George Lopez lore like this. I recorded George Lopez on the DVR, <laughs> and my parents would get so mad at me for I believe it for like not watching it very often. <laughs> but so we would just fill up the DVR with like thirty episodes of George Lopez. Hey, all I knew was listen to Lowrider, Max Peter's bed a bunch of times, <laughs> eat hot chip and lie. <laughs> Yeah, that's a. I don't remember much else other than that she got the clap in that one episode, and that that's where I learned both what the clap was and that it was called the clap. We're this, talking about gonorrhea, folks. This is a sexual wellness pod, and yeah. you can take any advice we give you to the bank. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I would say so. <laughs> well, Drew, you were speaking of characters from beloved. Uh, Legacy Media. <laughs> you were telling me you got a bone to pick with some people, don't you? Um, not necessarily a bone to pick, but it. I'm pretty fundamentally confused about these people, and I think I've landed on at least a personal theory. So, we're all to some degree aware, I would say, of people that dedicate like almost you always. It's like their vehicle for some reason, <laughs> dedicate it to like. Frequently, I would say it's like Tweety Bird, like a Looney Tunes character for some reason. Or like Tinkerbell. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I, that's uh, got to be like the, so my theory is that that's, that's got to be the, the best evidence for like the simulation theory, right? And those are just NPCs. <laughs> I was going to say it's the best evidence we have of intelligent design, but go on. Because <laughs> it's like, there's no way somebody just decides to do that. Would who would you? What character would you dedicate your vehicle I, to? <laughs> I'll answer that momentarily. I will back up and say why someone would do that. I think you dramatically underestimate how boring some people are, <laughs> and that's not a read. I'm not making fun. I'm just saying. Well, some of it is also, and again, this is not a statement about anybody's you know validity as a person, but I think. You and I have plenty of characters that we're like outspokenly passionate about. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as like a someone to model ourselves <laughs> after, but just people we really like, the characters we really admire from works we really admire. Mm-hmm. But we've got that anxious voice in the back <laughs> of, your, of, of our head saying, if you wear a shirt of that or put a sticker on your car of that, people will judge you for it <laughs> or not like think you're lame or something. You know what I'm saying? That's true. And I think some people hear that voice and they say, I don't care. I like this thing and I want people to know that I like it. Yeah, but it's also, it's it's always characters where it's like, you you can't be on a daily basis consuming content based on this character you know (laughs) Tweety Bird especially. It's like, I know y'all don't have Boomerang on (laughs) 24-7. Or like, you see a lot of the time, like somebody will have taken the time to make their VW bug look like, uh, Herbie from uh, the Herbie movies. The only one I know is called Herbie Fully Loaded. But that's from what I understand, I from what I understand, that's the not, not true Herbie fans aren't a aren't a fan of that one. I bet. <laughs> I just have to assume, right? Um, Who's to say, really? <laughs> but it's like there's probably a total of like eight hours of Herbie content at all. You know what? Some of it. Okay, and. W- I'll cut this if we go 
in hey if we get ourselves in too deep <laughs> um we're going down you know the iceberg meme <laughs> we're going straight to the bottom yeah because we're talking about human psychology here <laughs> or maybe not even um like core stuff but just like manifestations i think everyone has a different level of not subversiveness it's not quite creative it's a it's a basket of different interrelated personality and character traits i would say Mm-hmm. But you and I see a car and we see, you know, maybe something to be decorated. Like we both have at various points in our lives put plenty of stickers on our cars. Mm-hmm. But they're usually things that are kind of like tongue in cheek or you're not really seeing this. It, what I'm saying mm-hmm. is we don't have exactly have a lot of stick figure families. Yeah. But I think a lot of people say, oh, I've got a plain Jane car. Oh, I love X. Or, oh, I've seen a bunch of people putting stick figure mm-hmm. families on their car. I'm going to do that too because I also think that's funny. Yeah. But I I get that, but it's like, who is telling you to put Betty Boop all over your car? <laughs> hmm, that's a good question. I I do think people just sometimes find a character that they like that much, mm-hmm. and any level of shame or like external mm-hmm. considerations just goes out the window because they're like, I have decided this is my character that I like relate to or just like they match my aesthetic or whatever it happens Mm. to be and they're just like i feel like betty boop the whole (laughs) world is about to know that i feel like betty boop (laughs) but honestly i think some of this there's kind of two strains of thought here because one like this to me broadly speaking i know i'm kind of like drifting from your original question because it was mostly focused on people who pick a specific character. Yeah. But I think most people are like, oh, I would never pick a specific character. Oh, what's this? I have the uh, Rebels logo <laughs> from Star Wars on my yeah. band. That I'm a nerd. I think some of yeah. it is like, I, for some people, it's an identity thing. It's like, I'm passionate about this. And so why wouldn't I like mm-hmm. rep this it's you know, it's no different yeah. from a sports team really which has a whole nother we won't even get into that <laughs> i think it's some people's replacement and kind of like a protest against yeah. having having for that thing to be sports because like we're not talking about people putting a like a brave sticker or a, yeah but i'm also i'm not just talking i'm not talking about people that put a tweety bird sticker on their car i'm talking about they're spending money to make their entire car dedicated <laughs> to it <laughs> Get it off your chest, Drew. It's, just get it all out. It's just, it's it's so impractical to make your car dedicated to something like that. That there's, what, I just don't understand the motivation. What's, well, again, and I, I promise I'm not making fun of anybody listening that is even approaching this kind of personality. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, if you are, write in. Yeah, please drop a I, comment. We would love to know your entire perspective (laughs) i this will sound mean but i like honestly think the answer is that it's some people's substitute for either creativity personality or both yeah it's too Mm -hmm. hard to come up with something yourself or to spend the time and effort and money to find something unique and original or to make something unique and original put on your car Mm -hmm. so a quick replacement to show people that you're not just some plain jane boring person is to say Ah, ah, ah. you don't know everything <laughs> about me i'm a big we keep using tweety bird but we'll i'll, I'll say like um tinkerbell i know i already said that one yeah Ma- mickey mouse one, mickey mouse yeah i'm a mickey mouse person it probably i feel like it'd be more likely to be Minnie mouse for some reason 
Kind of just sounds like you hate women, Drew. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Notorious uh, womanator, Drew. Ah, <laughs> uh-uh, you can't sneak out of it that easily. <laughs> I, know, you know, the FCC is listening to this. I never get to say parody on this show. That's because I get as, called out. <laughs> as we established in that one episode, I don't remember which one. Drop a comment below if you remember. Um, Five star review. We called you out because you kept using it in the wrong way. That's very camp of you, Matthew. <laughs> you're saying that like, you're saying that like it's a it's a bad thing. Derogatory. You're, you're really simping me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of people who make something, they're speaking entire- of camping. <laughs> oh, speaking of. People making one media property their entire life and personality. Uh, welcome to Oliphant's Motorcycle <laughs> Club, a podcast where we talk about Lord of the Rings and whatever the hell. Wait, Matthew, were we recording that whole time? <laughs> Drew, I believe we were. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Let's it, take out all that womanizer stuff. <laughs> woman. Okay. <laughs> Once again, Drew not knowing the definition <laughs> of words. <laughs> Well, if you haven't already figured it out, I'm one of your hosts, Matthew. Uh, I'm Drew. (laughs) Nice one. (laughs) Nice say. (laughs) Drew with a degree in linguistics. (laughs) Hey, read the fine print, folks. It ain't a dictionary degree. Come the hell on. (laughs) Certainly ain't no source degree. Ooh. (laughs) You said that like you had a joke in mind. You got something? No, you blanked. I I felt like it was my turn to say something. This week, I'll say, uh, maybe I'm working with a previously untapped source of information during this episode. Is that so? Yeah, maybe so. Just maybe I got more to say about chapters 11 and 12 of Fellowship of the Ring. Drew, did you just rewatch the section of the movie that these chapters no. are referencing? No. That would take so such a long time to like figure out exactly where it was. I would be willing to bet money that somebody has... That's- written out Maybe. for all of the books come on you know someone <laughs> has taken know. the time. if we're taking the time to talk about a specific kind of person that puts Tweety Bird <laughs> on their car you know somebody has dedicated a, that's true a, a summer or a year of their life to mapping out the movies onto the books <laughs> well no that's not what I'm working with though I am working with something that rhymes with Mark Boats Oh, wait, hold up. I'll cut this if it takes too long. Arc boats. Spark notes. Oh, come <laughs> on. Yeah. I just realized it. Okay, I read chapter 11 over the course of two weeks because I didn't know when we were going to be recording this episode. Okay. I have a feeling, though, <laughs> this will not help the problem of you jumping around in the story. It maybe will. Hey, this, maybe <laughs> I'm getting a little too inside baseball here, but I write out specific jokes <laughs> that are based on what's happening in the story and if you gloss over it how am i gonna make the joke that yeah that's fair we can just have a like rapid fire at the end of the episode just if we get them all out no yeah. context <laughs> all right we'll see how that goes well before we before we get into the chapter um just kind of recap what has happened right before chapters 11 and 12 um in fellowship of the ring so the hobbits, they get debris, mm-hmm. they meet up with Strider, Frodo makes a 
ever-loving fool out of himself <laughs> in the bar. He's the talk of Breland <laughs> because he put on the ring and then did a vanishing act. But they kind of learn of the Black Riders and like kind of getting ever closer to them. And so they set up in a room mm-hmm. where not the bedrooms that they had picked out, mm-hmm. but actually the separate ones so that they won't be in danger. And they read a letter to Gandalf where he kind of explains that Strider or Aragorn is who he says he is, mm-hmm. kind of outlines their next steps, namely getting to Rivendell, the house of yeah. Elrond, where, as we know, but presumably, the the fellowship will begin in earnest and they will set out the business of actually destroying the ring. Yeah. So we get to chapter 11. And we are back to our A1 since day one. You know who I'm going to say. Fatty Bolger. That is right. (laughs) Fatty has been... And we kind of jump into this like apropos of nothing. Like it's a a quick cut from Bree back to um, Crick Hollow. Fatty, who, as you may remember, has been tending to this fake home that Frodo... It's not a fake home. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. It's not a fake home. It's just a home that he's not going to live in um, to throw off the scent of all those, um, all the the hobbits, namely the Saxville Bagginses. Let's be real here. (laughs) Who are going to pry into his business while he's out for months, maybe years, destroying the ring. Mm. Um, And Fatty is just kind of uneasy. He kind of senses something outside. Lo Mm. and behold, there are black riders in Crick Hollow. I started to think maybe Spark Notes ain't helping. I don't, I don't remember reading this at all. <laughs> I oh, know I did, but Drew, it was so long is gonna, ago. It's going to go so down after this episode. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, so the Black Riders circle, and they talk in this, which I'm not used to. Yeah, it's really weird. They just seem like normal people for the most part, which is strange. Because they were anything but normal. One might say abnormal. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but basically they're like, come out in the name of Mordor. <laughs> and what do y'all think, Fatty being the best character in the book, what do you think he does? Come out like some kind of loser? No. He runs over a mile to the nearest house <laughs> and is in hysterics. But the whole time, and this is wild, right? There's like, some kind of horn being blown and this a like sound oh, of alarm yeah. being called. This one this was if correct me if I'm misremembering. Matthew also read this today, by the way. <laughs> I'm just good like that. What can I say? No, that's that is a symptom of procrastination. <laughs> it's sort of like this felt like the hobbits going to war almost. You get to see a little bit of a little bit of that, which is you don't you don't in the movies, I guess right, yeah. what I'm saying. Which hey they might look peaceful. They might eat a lot of fruits and breads and mm-hmm. cheeses and drink ales. But when the call of awake, fear, fire, foes is raised, <laughs> and that's verbatim from the book. That yeah. is what the alarm is. That's uh, the the three Fs are how I remember. Um, not tr- what I can't recycle. Also, fear, fire, and foes. Oh, <laughs> you actually have to take that to the um. Hard to recycle materials yeah. facility. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the fear fire foes, 
I think all of our like you know how there's like tornado sirens mm-hmm. like like your smoke detector going off and all that. Mm-hmm. I think all loud noises should be replaced with alliterative phrases. <laughs> Wouldn't that make it so much more fun while you're running for your life? Yeah, for ducking and if covering? there was just a little bit of uh, poeticism. <laughs> yeah. Let's make being in danger fun again, people. Come on, I've I've been I've been sounding this alarm for years. <laughs> but we so so Fatty makes makes his way out. All of the Shire seemingly is on high alert because of this. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the Black Riders know what's good for them and get out now that everyone yeah. kind of knows the jig is up. But also, it's pretty clear Fatty doesn't have the yeah. ring. It's it's vacated. It- but also, like, it's so vague as to, like, the power level of any individual Black Rider, you know? And it's like, yeah, if all of them are in the Shire, if it's all of them against all of the Shire, like... You kind of feel like the Black Riders I feel might like, win. I yeah. feel like they might still win, you know? So, like, I don't know. But they seem scared. Maybe they... It's crazy. I think it does actually mention, like, they would, like set aside this petty annoyance for now like Mordor had Mordor yeah. has bigger things coming <laughs> like I think they're just like that'd be a lot of work we may be undead beings yeah. but like I got shit to do so yeah <laughs> bad um, PR for for Sauron also when he yeah. eventually takes over yeah and like that actually I, I know you're half kidding but <laughs> honestly it's like oh shit are we gonna get the all the hobbits in like are we gonna have yeah. another battle of the five 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 <laughs> army situation on our hands? Yeah. So, especially because like, I mean the to be fair the when they were talking about the history of the ring, they were talking about how it was like made with magics unknown to hobbits mm. and that did not know of hobbits or something along those lines, That's and true. so it's like maybe the same magic that makes it for hobbits to be able to like not be corrupted by the Mm. ring maybe similarly that's like uh some kind of power that they have over the black riders you think you think sauron sat down with the black riders and was like all right look (laughs) y'all they're just as scared of you as you are of them (laughs) (laughs) hey i want to I want to see some of these hobbits go OP on some Black Riders. Yeah. Hey, spoiler alert. We might get to. (laughs) Well, we cut away from Crick Hollow. The hobbits and... I'm going to... Even in my notes, I keep going back and forth between writing Strider and Aragorn. I'm going to try and remember to just say Aragorn for clarity's sake. Yeah. He's still being called Strider at this point in the story, though. Right. Um, The hobbits and Aragorn wake up. And they actually go to the beds where they would have been sleeping and it appears that it's been broken into and the pillows got sliced up. <laughs> and two hobbits just got hauled off in an ambulance. <laughs> See, that's how you do an outcast reference. <laughs> Spodiote Dopalicious for all my Trent Wilkes listening out there. <laughs> um, so thankfully, um, the, the barkeep and Aragorn knew what was good for them because they would have gotten... They're shit wrecked if they had kept to like if they had just been in charge of themselves, mm-hmm. the books might have ended right here. Yeah, they additionally try and go find their ponies because they're like, oh hell, we gotta we gotta get out of dodge. Like <laughs> this is this is bad. There's like 
townspeople that know about Frodo showing his vanishing powers. <laughs> There's people slicing up our beds. We we need to make way for Rivendell. But somebody let all the damn ponies out. <laughs> not a, not a one oh, to like, be found. Yeah. Oh, I think I did make a note about that actually. And didn't they make their way to Tom Bombadil? <laughs> yes. We actually. <laughs> Thank God we get three quarters of a page that's like, <laughs> sidebar, here's where all the ponies went. Some of them eventually yeah. made their way to Tom Bombadil, yeah. and he sold them back to the bar owner. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it was mostly <laughs> Tolkien's way of saying, like, don't worry, they're not dead. <laughs> Nobody ate them. Like, they're yeah, fine. They just no got trolls. Loosed. That's right. Um, not yet. Ooh. But... Uh, <laughs> It, it, actually, I remember now that so a, after Frodo gives the book to Sam, um, that tells the story of Lord of the Rings, he gives the the book to F- Fatty Lumpkin the pony. <laughs> oh. and Fatty Lumpkin adds more more notes to the. To ah, it. wait, are there two fatties? Did I miss something? Fatty Lumpkin, yeah, you remember the pony that Tom Bombadil gave him? That oh, was like that's right. really cool or There's, something. <laughs> this is like a. Like Gordo Gordita kind of situation <laughs> where it's just like a probably a loving yeah. nickname. Yeah, let's hope because there's a lot of fatties in this book. <laughs> um, but they're like kind of pressed because they're like, oh my god, we got so much supplies. So their their one recourse is Butterbur. That I kept forgetting his name. Butterbur, the bar owner, mm-hmm. like the the landlord for um the Green Dragon. Mm-hmm. Or is it the Green Dragon? Prancing Pony. Good Prancing lord. Prancing Pony. Wow. Y'all. Leaky Cauldron? Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> and to think, I I have the nerve to have a Lord of the Rings podcast, <laughs> and I can't even keep my ends from it straight. <laughs> Butterbur is like, well, I talked to a bunch of people, and the only pony in town is owned by, um, uh, what's his name, Bill, Bill Fernie? Yeah, yeah, Bill Fernie. The guy who's just like, possibly a spy for a Sauron. Um, and he's got a real shitty pony, too. Yeah, it's like malnourished. It's like <laughs> Butterbur is like, I seriously think that this thing might be about to die. But they're like, okay, we'll buy it. And he's like, ooh, and another thing. I think he wants like sex tuple its value <laughs> um, since he knows y'all are in a pinch. So not only... Do they get a terrible pony? They get absolutely fleeced for it. Yeah, but I think it says later that the pony actually proves to be pretty talented at like giving a <laughs> not to say giving a good ride for one of the hobbits. <laughs> um, the pony really pulled itself up by its hoof straps. I would yeah. say. Yeah, a real uh, get rhythm kid mentality. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, y'all aren't aware, but we've been making, I think that was three episodes, no, that was six episodes ago that we talked about the Get Rhythm oh Kid, God. and we have, for months at this point, <laughs> been making jokes about it. <laughs> He's just such an arrogant little shit, I'm going to say it. <laughs> Man, we're Arrogant really, little boomer child. <laughs> we're, we're really earning our uh, explicit rating this week. <laughs> um, they, they get the pony... They're they're kind of worried that people are going to try and follow them if they do what they would like to do and the safe thing and kind of cut through the woods and the brush and everything to stay out of sight. 
So they go as far as they can on the main road mm-hmm. um, just to kind of get the townspeople to get tired and to just walk back and leave them alone yeah. before they start to cut away. Yeah. But before they leave town, they they come up to like the main gate and sitting atop it is none other than Bill Fernie, the guy with the <laughs> terrible pony that he sold them. And he is jawing at them and he's like casting dispersions <laughs> on Aragorn. And I this has been my favorite thing that's happened in the entire book sam has a bunch of apples with him <laughs> and he just chucks one at bill fernie and just molly wobs and just hits him square <laughs> in the nose and he says something like waste of a good apple <laughs> it's like no sam that's the best thing he could have done <laughs> right to the kisser too <laughs> nice um so they they they're walking and walking um they eventually get far enough from town where they're fairly certain that no one has followed even Bill mm-hmm. Fernie himself, despite Old having Fernie. been. Yeah. Um, that's quick sidebar. I really appreciate how fleshed out this world is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've taken, we've been attentive enough and taken good enough notes that it's not been hard to keep up with the character names, mm-hmm. but there's so many characters that are in here for like, 10 pages and very important yeah. for those 10 pages and then never mentioned again if, if it yeah yeah they they're important for what seems like a long time from it from like a page to page perspective but like i'd never take the time to really memorize their yeah. names but don't worry y'all we got you we're doing we're remembering what needs to be remembered for sure that's right which is basically everything that happens in the movie yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> coincidentally everything that happens in the movies so once they're they've put some distance between them and brie mm-hmm. aragorn starts leading them through the brush and he's doing a great job i'm kind of one of the things like just in my life that i'm kind of picking up in the story <laughs> is like it it would be so cool to be able to like track and just like yeah. like the back of your hand really yeah. know like a heavily wooded area or something like that. Like, yeah, that would be cool. I want to be, I think I just want to be a ranger. Is that a job? <laughs> Can I be, not a park ranger, like a... Like a ranger like Aragorn's a ranger? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, just kind of like popular loner vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know for a fact I've made that joke on here. It's whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, just like trailblazing and making little fires for yourself. Yeah. I think I'm really just describing just being a Boy Scout. <laughs> ha- having yourself a big and rich time. <laughs> hey, you're telling me. Hey. Gig and frogs. <laughs> um, they, um, after a couple of days, they get to the Midgewater Marshes, and God. they are just, it sounds like being in either Savannah, GA, or <laughs> more aptly, Brunswick GA, Ooh. where I've got some extended family. Okie Finoki GA, almost. Mm-hmm. They're getting tormented by midges, which I can only assume are like gnats, basically. Yeah, I was, yeah, probably. And something that Sam calls Nika Breakers. <laughs> I don't remember I, that. I, I think they're just crickets because it's se- <laughs> like, it just sounds like they come out and make noise and it makes it hard for them to sleep. So I'm thinking crickets. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> well, I'd like Leaker to see breakers. I'd like to see you write a better story, Drew. <laughs> um, they eventually get out of the marshes. Um, they they walk for like 
it seems like almost a week before they finally get to Weathertop, mm-hmm. which we did bring up last down book in episode. The t- Weathertop down in the Tennessee Hills. <laughs> Ain't no smoggy smoke on Weathertop. <laughs> Ain't no telephone bills. Partially because there ain't any telephones in this. You know, there. once they met a wizard on Weathertop. <laughs> See, I forgot the words. <laughs> that's fine. Um, that's because I'm that's a Georgia I, fan and not a Tennessee fan. That's why all the... the Orcs do- on Weathertop. Get their gruel from a... Skullmar? <laughs> yeah, that was a deep cut. Had to, had to really reach deep for that one. Um, ooh, okay. I found out what a midge is. It's some kind of bug. Yeah, it's a, like a mosquito. A right. gall midge. Well, thank you for clearing that up after we'd moved on. Yeah, I well, I was looking up the etymology. <laughs> and the entomology. Whoa. <laughs> um so weather weathertop, um, if you don't remember, is just like this pretty high vantage point with mm-hmm. pretty much just open fields all around. So you can see around for miles. So mm-hmm. advantageous for them to be able to see if anyone's following them or if they, they potentially are gonna if Gandalf is there, they're gonna meet up with him. But if he's not there, they potentially have a chance to see him from afar. But conversely, if somebody's already there, bad news because they're gonna see them come in plain as day. Mm-hmm. But they 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 skirt around the edges of some hills nearby to avoid detection, and they finally get up to it. And Strider and Sam and Frodo all go up to the top, and they're looking for any evidence they can find of Gandalf. Because up to this point, Gandalf might as well be dead for all they know. Mm-hmm. They have not heard heads or tails of him since Butterbur got yeah. that letter, and even that was like months before they ever got to the Prancing Pony. Yeah. Um. But. Aragorn finds a rune etched into some stone that appears to say G3, and he's pretty sure that implies Gandalf was here on the 3rd of October, because it's like the, the 10th of October or something like that. Um, And you know what? That's pretty clever that he did that. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of would have preferred that he had put G6, personally. Because, <laughs> hey, take it from me, folks. This guy, fly like a G6. <laughs> You know, and you know he popped my bottles mm. in the ice. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Sipping slizzards. What do we, have we ever found out? What what's the word on slizzards it's these days? Popping bottles in the ice, like a blizzard. When we drink, we do it right. Getting slizzard. I think it's just like getting getting slizzard. I think that's just like getting messily drunk, probably. Mm, yeah, but I wouldn't know. Hmm. Sorry, that was a that was a <laughs> long time to spend on a throwaway joke. <laughs> Um, so they're pretty sure that Gandalf was there, <laughs> perhaps even flew, like yeah. a G six. Mm. Um, you fools! That's, <laughs> <laughs> we're all over the place today. Why you fools like a G six? <laughs> <laughs> can we can we do the director's director's cut Matthew and Drew edition where we change nothing about any of the movies? But for the one scene at the end of Fellowship, and then when it's reintroduced at the beginning of the two towers, he says, fly, you fools, and then just a voiceover of us saying, like a G6. We could be millionaires, yeah. too. Possibly even billionaires. Five-star review so that we can get to a position where we can do that. <laughs> hey, we can start a GoFundMe. I think yeah. that would be successful. Yeah. But, okay, so they it's like, all right, Gandalf was here, we think. 
Mm-hmm. Aragorn's still not really sure, but it seems pretty likely. And they're talking about it, apparently, to to make for Rivendell. In addition to the whole week, they've already been walking, and they're, they're getting in better shape, but they're tired. Mm-hmm. Like it, It's not been a fun journey, to be sure, especially with those dang midges. But Aragorn says it's going to take him a whole fortnight to get to Rivendell. Yo. $19 fortnight card. <laughs> Who wants it? <laughs> not Frodo. <laughs> um, but I think what he means, I there's so many of these. I, it's like I bet when Fellowship was written, people knew how much of It's kind of like a, yeah. over yonder, how it's like, I can we just talk about, I, it's such... I'm having to restrain <laughs> the language I want to use here. It is such a stupid... You know, like the kid on Polar Express? No, the know-it-all kid? Yeah, the blonde kid. Yeah. It's such a that guy kind of move to be like, <laughs> well, actually, over yonder is a... You wanted to measure measurement equal to uh, like 1.35 acres. Like, shut the... No one who has ever said over yonder implied a specific yeah. distance. Or if they did, that was like... 175 years yeah, ago. It was the person that invented it. Yeah. Like the word. <laughs> <laughs> but I think based on context clues, a fortnight implies like somewhere between like five and 15 days. Yeah. Like any not- amount of time that would require a lot of like emoting, I would say. Yeah. Or like MLK and Travis Scott being in it. <laughs> yeah. Iron Man. Hmm. <laughs> This is a stupid joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should also say that these were like the longest chapters yeah, uh, that we've read so far. <laughs> it was like, let's see, it was like 270 to 170 to 209. It was like almost 40 pages. Yeah. I read it while Drew was at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I heard that. (laughs) And I was like, surely he's like only part way through with like the first chapter by the time I get back. Drew, notoriously slow reader. For real. It it really helps you understand and comprehend at a later date all the things that happened. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I honestly, I mean, it probably from the perspective of the listener, uh, maybe, maybe I don't sound. Like, I know a whole lot, <laughs> but I feel like I remember more about the chapter than I thought I yeah, did. Yeah, anytime I, I bring up, like, a, a minor plot point, you, you, you're you able to conjure mm-hmm. up some stuff to talk about. So, hey, makes, yeah. for, makes for good radio. <laughs> Hopefully. Five-star review. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, while they're on top of Weathertop, Frodo spies a couple of what appear to be distant, like, basically just at this point from their distance like just specks on the horizon mm-hmm. galloping towards them from the west the direction they came from mm-hmm. and lo and behold they got black mf and riders bearing <laughs> down on them so obviously everyone is pretty freaked out and they kind of struggle to decide what to do because they're not only drawn to the ring which frodo has on him so it's like there's only so much they can do mm-hmm. um but apparently both the riders and the horses like can smell blood and like <laughs> detect things that normal like beings can't so it's yeah. like kind of seems like you're just gonna have to stand your ground or something I don't, i'm not really <laughs> sure hey you won't get in trouble with the law if you do it <laughs> this is what is it 
Oh, well, stay on your ground. I was about to say, <laughs> it's a stay on your ground state. <laughs> oh, one of the better parts about living in Georgia, I would say. <laughs> but Aragorn essentially decides, you know what? We, we do kind of just have to stand our ground. We're going to go to Adele. I, it, unclear to me, even after rereading, whether mm-hmm. it's surrounding Weathertop or to like the kind of the line of trees immediately beyond. Um, I kind of got the impression that they went down into like the edge of the the hills that they were skirting. Yeah, but they just find a really kind of like easily missed kind of spot with a good mm-hmm. vantage point, kind of sunken into a valley, and they build a sizable fire. And they basically are like, "All right, we're gonna have a light dinner and tell some stories, sing mm-hmm. some elf songs." <laughs> but as the moon rises, they begin to see that. There's some shadowy figures closing in. Yeah. Uh oh. They got found. And SMH. They Aragorn just has them form a circle around the fire and gives them sticks. Like that's not to do anything. <laughs> um But as they draw closer and closer, Frodo, dumb idiot that he is. I'll I'll cut him some slack because I think the ring is like almost like quasi commanding him to do this but mm-hmm. he slips on the ring and all of a sudden like they no longer look like these shadowy figures they look like essentially like gray clad <laughs> like almost like kings almost like with metal helmets yeah. and big broadswords not yeah. anything like what they look like to the to the naked eye so to speak mm-hmm. um and he falls to the ground out of, presumably out of fright because they are bearing down on him especially after he puts that ring on Ooh, they're like <laughs> sharks with chum yeah. And one of them starts to go to strike him and Frodo slashes at its foot. <laughs> um and he actually freaks it out, but not before he gets stabbed himself. And in, and writhing in pain, he pulls off the ring and just kind of collapses to the ground. And that takes us to the end of chapter eleven. Chapter twelve, flight to the Ford. You know, there's just no two ways about it. I always thought of Frodo more as a Chevy guy personally. <laughs> You know he's got one of those Calvin pissing on a Ford stickers on his <laughs> on his uh, Hobbit yeah. wagon. Yeah, I feel like the Middle Earth version of that would probably be like it'd be Gollum pissing on something, right? <laughs> yeah, oh big time. <laughs> but Frodo comes to and he's like seated by the fire, apparently. And this was really strange because this is nothing. I we keep filtering everything through the movies but folks it's what we knew first so <laughs> cut us some slack nothing like the movies apparently this whole encounter to everybody else just looked like frodo passing out <laughs> and like nothing else like yeah. there there didn't seem to be any kind of fight happening to them apparently since frodo was the only one that could really see it like mm-hmm. everyone else was just like just chilling i guess yeah (laughs) and then they're like oh he looks hurt let's put him by the fire yeah but aragorn is like we need to make a decision quick because they're gonna be back like we gotta move Mm -hmm. but frodo is in pain (laughs) and his wound is like killing him (laughs) (laughs) so um aragorn actually pulls some some Athelus, like his healing herb that oh, he's got in his yeah. bag, and he rubs it in the wound, and that helps a little bit. Yeah, but Frodo, he he's not doing good. He is down bad, one might even say, <laughs> uh, straight simping. <laughs> <laughs> of 
cursed blade wound got me acting strange. <laughs> and yeah, and they actually do figure out this is like not just any kind of sword. It like when Aragorn's like looking around, he actually finds the the blade that was used to stab Frodo. Mm-hmm. And when he picks it up, it like crumbles to ash in his hands. It's got all these like oh, yeah. evil runes on it. Oh, yeah. Not good. So basically, not only has Frodo been stabbed, it's like he probably got like poisoned or some kind of evil magic on him or it, nothing good. But Frodo, in any case, he is down for the count. Like he is not going to be able to walk, especially the distance that they've got to go. Yeah. So they set him up on the the pony, which is like you mentioned earlier, now in much better spirits. There's mm-hmm. actually there was a funny line that was like. <laughs> He actually seemed to be doing better now that he was walking long distances with a heavy load, if you can believe it. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no, no. It said, like, it, he must have been really mistreated by Bill Ferdy if he was doing better under these circumstances. <laughs> it's like, hey, even Tolkien was thinking it. He's like, this doesn't make sense. I got to explain this somehow. <laughs> so they, they, more walking, believe it or not. Yeah, they uh, find a, a barrel. B-E-R-Y-L. Yes. Yeah, after six days of walking, they come up to the River Horwell um, with a bridge across it. That They are very worried somebody's going to be laying in wait for them mm-hmm. on one side or the other. But they find this barrel, like you said, hey, not for keeping whiskey inside of. <laughs> it's uh, elvish for this kind of like stone that they use to mark. And like they basically take it as... It as, seems like it's some kind of pendant essentially that yeah was just left for those in the know to be like oh this is a sign that somebody was here yeah it's like a token and a it, tolkien yo <laughs> has anyone ever thought of this whoa <laughs> um but they they take it as a sign that okay clearly even if the enemy has been here someone has been here recently enough and kind of marked this for mm-hmm. safe passage we should be fine so they keep moving they walk for two more days, um, but they figure out that they've gone too far north and they got to turn back. And for all that gassing up, I was just doing an Aragorn. <laughs> they they could have done. They were doing just as bad when they were in the Barrow Downs, getting yeah. lost and whatnot. Frodo, this whole time, he is getting much worse. His his wound is actually healed from the mm-hmm. outside, like it's closed. It's just a scar. Yeah, but he can like. He can barely sit up straight on the pony, and for the stretches where he has to get up and walk, it's real hilly. Mm-hmm. He's just being a bitch the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really just like being super dramatic about this whole cursed blade. I know, and he's wearing pajama pants and everything. <laughs> um, but they 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 eventually they kind of double back and get back on the right path and they find a path leading off of the main trail that they're on leading to a dang troll hole <laughs> and you know what they say you got to visit the troll hole if you want to get that frodo soul dwarf gold mm. <laughs> big of true and what should they see but three trolls in the clearing down below. Yeah. yeah. And the hobbits are losing their minds. Uh-huh. These idiots, they don't know their history, do they, Drew? They truly do not. Because who are those trolls? The ones that I don't know if they have names or not, but they're from the Hobbit. Yes. 
Yeah, Bilbo's yeah. trolls, I guess, is yeah. what they refer to them as. So they're not living. It's broad yeah. daylight when they saw them. They're stone cold daddios. That's right. Stone cold <laughs> troll Austin. <laughs> um, in The Hobbit, they get turned to stone after Bilbo gets them to argue until the sun comes out. Yeah. And as we all know, trolls turn into stone whenever the sun comes out. Come on. Yeah. People. Yeah. That's a weird, like, I feel like Tolkien specific aspect of troll lore i'm more of a trolls the the dreamworks (laughs) animated film yeah (laughs) i I buy into that lore a little bit more is i hope justin timberlake voices voices one of tolkien's trolls sometime well when we eventually get to the extended hobbit movies (laughs) we'll let you know um so they they approach them and get a nice laugh to see that they're um, the very trolls that Bilbo mm-hmm. himself was involved with. Yeah. And we get a kick-ass little ditty from none other than <laughs> Samwise Gamgee. Oh, my gosh. And, folks, for the first time in the history of the pod where we've had some kind of song that happened, <laughs> I I think I can take a half, half-hearted stab at what this might sound like. Troll sat alone on a seat of stone and munched and mumbled a barrel bone. For many a year he had gnawed it near, for meat was hard to come by. Done by, gone by. In a cave in the hills he dwelt alone and meat was hard to come by. I think that's, that's probably yeah, what it sounds probably like. Probably pretty good. Yeah. Get some snares behind that. <laughs> you ever seen Hawaii Five? <laughs> Beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. Oh, Drew, talking point, school of rock. Oh my god, I would never shut up. <laughs> but yeah, um, dear listener, if I kept that song in, just know I'm pretty proud of how that one went. <laughs> um, but after we get Sam's troll song, that which by the way, they're like, Sam, did you? Did, oh, where yeah. did you hear that? And he's like, came up with it on the spot. But it was. No, no, no. He he's smug about it, but then Frodo's like, "I think I'm starting to learn a whole lot about dear old Sammy boy." We got a regular Sammy Davis Jr. over here. <laughs> Sammy Hagar. <laughs> but it was like, okay, I see what you're saying, and maybe he's a poet and he didn't even know it, but <laughs> it was like I, sixteen stanzas yeah, long. No, I don't I think mean, he, he came up with that on the spot. No, he was. He was very proud of it for sure and definitely had come up with it beforehand. But, like, I don't think he said, like, yeah, I wrote it. I think he was just like, this is a song that I know. And just Hold didn't up. elaborate on the specifics. Because I, rem- I remember Frodo, like, was pointed out, like, Sam's being coy here, you know? Oh, he just says it's out of his own head, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> First he was a conspirator, now he's a jester. He'll end up becoming a wizard or a warrior. I hope not, said Sam. <laughs> I don't want to be neither. <laughs> yeah, Sam's Irish in the book. <laughs> it's it's canon. <laughs> Nick Cannon. Drumline? Mm. <laughs> Good lord. Talking points drumline? <laughs> Yo. We're, write, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Um. So, oh, also check- he's <laughs> he says donor. Um, I barely know her. <laughs> like, like a donor kebab, I assume. 
in the last stanza of the song, and he also says boner. We can move on now, but I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Um, shout out Eula. For giving Friend us of the pod. Inventor of the donor kebab, I believe. <laughs> yeah, and also pizza. <laughs> so after they take their little detour to talk about donors and boners, um, <laughs> they get back to the road, but it's been like maybe five minutes, and they start to hear hoof beats, and they're like, Oh hell. Not again. <laughs> so they run up the little um the hill by the roadside and just wait to see who it is passing by. Then they hear tinkle tinkle like little bells. <laughs> tinkle tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> and who should it be? But it but I I don't know if it's a high elf, but it's definitely oh, an yeah. elf. It's Glorfindel. Glorfindel, an elf from the house of Elrond. Who lives yeah. in Rivendell? So, hey, they probably carpool with him. <laughs> um, yeah, his his name is weird. It it feels like Orfindel. it. I it feels like it's too on the nose for an elf name. You know how so? I don't know. It's just too like whimsical. I guess mm. it, it it sounds too made up. <laughs> Drew, I'll remind you from uh, <laughs> episode. Eight, which we were editing earlier today. You gotta suspend your disbelief, buddy. I guess so, but I mean, it's not disbelief. It's just like, come on, that's that's elfy even for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So Glorfindel, you know, kind of talks, especially with Aragorn, because Aragorn knows a little bit of Elvish. He dabbles, um, <laughs> and apparently, when Glorfindel, so. Tales of the Black Riders had made their way to Rivendell, and so Elrond sent mm-hmm. off in every direction elven riders yeah. just to kind of scope everything out, one of them being Glorfindel. And nine days ago, when he had set out, Gandalf hadn't made it to Rivendell yet. Mm-hmm. So there's a pretty good chance, even if Gandalf beats them there, if he is there, which, I mean, come on. Come on. Mm. <laughs> um, that he hasn't been there for very long. Frodo is... He is dragging ass, so <laughs> Glorfindel's like, all right, get up on the horse, buddy. Yeah. Um, and he, at first, is going to just set off his horse yeah. with Frodo alone. I was like, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, but it he makes it very clear. This is, like, a really good horse. It's it's definitely, it makes it, 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 it almost felt like there's, like, a separate kind of horse that's just an elf, elf horse, <laughs> you know, that's almost its own species of horse. And apparently, the biggest difference, really fast. And it can kind of talk to people. Maybe. Like, it definitely seemed like Glorfindel could, like, say whole sentences to it, and it'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like, we'll see later. Definitely hasn't been talked about yet, but, like, Gandalf and his horse, Shadowfax. Yeah, but Shadowfax kinda... is the lord of horses. <sighs> okay. Seems like a low, lowly peasant elf horse. <laughs> that Hey, that's fair. Well... Frodo gets set up on the horse. They walk for like a bunch more days, obviously. <laughs> it's kind of a running theme at this point. Um, they eventually get to the the, the titular Ford. Mm-hmm. Ford Prefect. Yeah. What? At Word Association from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's been... I haven't read that since... <laughs> Melody, sorry if you're listening. I gave Melody... For our first Christmas, mm-hmm. my copy of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. She started it, hated it, and never <laughs> gave it back. So 
I damn. <laughs> we lived together, and I don't have that book. I don't know where it is. <laughs> but she made me sad, so I gotta go back and read it. At some it's point. pretty good. I I've read it multiple times. I agree with you, Drew. Yeah, it is good. You can also some if you people. watch any like media of that that's based on the book is so true to it for some reason, and so like you can just watch the movie and you'll feel like you're reading the book for the most part. Hey, it's nice. Talking points. Hitchhiker's guy. Mm? <laughs> anyway, we're, we're, we're getting real close to the end here, folks. I promise we'll speed it up a little bit. Um, they get to the ford of this river, Bruinen or something like that? Bruinen. Bruinen. Um, Bruins. Boston Bruins. It's like, <laughs> there's a hockey team waiting for them? That's kind of hard to explain. Um, but just as they're getting there, these black riders are back. Oh my god! And they're loose cannon riders on the edge, <laughs> days away from retirement. They don't need this shit. <laughs> um, but obviously, everyone freaks out and starts making a break for it. Glorfindel, as you mentioned, is speaking Elvish to his horse, and is like, yeah. Frodo keeps trying to turn around because the ring, I think, is being called by these riders. Yeah. But he's like, "Hey, horse, run, horse, run." <laughs> For my, all my Charlie Crockett fans in the audience. And uh, the rates are in hot pursuit, seemingly only chasing Frodo. It kind of just seems like everyone else is just chilling while yeah. this is happening. Yeah, nobody was... They were like, yeah, Frodo, you need to get away from us, is basically <laughs> what Glorfindel says. And Frodo on on Glorfindel's horse starts to cross, gets the other side, and the nine black riders stop at the water's edge on the opposite bank. And they just start kind of like taunting him. He's like, go back to Mordor. And oh, he's yeah. Like, nah. They're like, no, come with us to Mordor. Yeah, come back, come back. To Mordor, we will take you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, but Frodo is like, he is, even just saying that, he's like struggling to get it out. He sounds all weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of wimpy, if I may. Yeah. He's trying a diary. <laughs> I guess in a way... Lord of the Rings is kind of a diary of a wimpy kid. <laughs> hmm, much to think about. <laughs> what would be the cheese touch in this? Hmm. Probably like the the like poison that the King of Rohan goes through at oh, Theoden. Yeah. Kind of a cheese touch. Wormtongue definitely had the cheese touch. Mm, true. I think Rowley is... <laughs> so, Sam and Rowley, I feel like, is pretty yeah, one-to-one. Yeah. Roderick. I mean, come on, Aragorn. <laughs> Don't come by my hobbit hole. <laughs> Three days, no shower, smell the love. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw that in theaters, which is... <laughs> that's a black mark on my reputation. <laughs> I, I didn't see it in theaters, but I watched it at least six times one summer because oh, it was just on what? HBO. Why? Drew, you don't I, have we to couldn't do scream. That. <laughs> it was back, back in the good old days when men were men. <laughs> Parody. Hey, nobody understands like Greg Heffley. Summer, those are some dog days. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we've just been. Uh, putting stalling so that we didn't have to tell you the the last thing that happened in the chapter, <laughs> which is 
the the writers after they taunt Frodo, they're just like, ah, we just been we're we're playing with our food here. We're just gonna cross <laughs> and get you. Um, but as they begin to cross the river Bruinen, the water starts to swell. Yeah, and Frodo just has to look on in horror as the rapids yeah. start to wash away the horses with the black riders on them. Now, so in the movies, this is definitely like Tamriel. No. <laughs> Not Tamriel. <laughs> oh, good lord, that's Skyrim. Sorry. <laughs> um, Elder Scrolls. Liv I Tyler, know. Liv Tyler. What's her name in the movie? Liv, Ty- Liv Tyler. Yeah, it's Liv Tyler. What is her name in the movie Liv though? Tyler. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Ara- she's the one. Eowyn. Ara- Ara- Arabella. Eowyn. Right. Eowyn. No, I don't. Is it? I might be. Look at you're the one with the phone. Look at him. <laughs> I took away Matthew's phone. He's on restriction. <laughs> I actually have a flip phone. Much like Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett. Mm. Mm. Talk to me if in a couple of days we win the national championship. Um, but no, Aowen is yeah. Aowen's the I am no man. Oh, horse right. girl. Right. Uh, Galadriel. No, we'll just say Liv Tyler. Uh, Just look it up. No, I don't care that much. No, but it's important. (laughs) It's not important. She's the one that summons it in the movies, but she hasn't been introduced at this point in the book. So is it was it Frodo that summoned it? Because he he invokes Elbereth like right before. So I guess it that's what I was thinking, maybe. You need to do a close reading or you need to get some better spark notes. (laughs) Because he says he sees what appears to be a a like an ethereal oh, yeah. kind of like gilded figure out of the corner of his oh, eye. Yeah. So it's definitely yeah. her, which is why I want you to look it up. Just tell me who it oh, is. Oh, I'll cut whatever I need to. Um, Arwen. Yeah, Arwen. Arwen. Good lord, it was Ar- gonna take <laughs> six years of remembering random elf names for me to come up with that. I don't know how hey, I did that. Somebody call Ice Cube because Arwen there yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me she got <laughs> anal contusions? <laughs> Who, whose bit is it? That's John Mulaney, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Canceled. Kind of soured on him. Not because he's not funny, and I do like Steely Dan, but <laughs> I just know I'm not supposed to care about him anymore, so. Uh, yeah. Really yeah. went downhill after that UGA. Uh, <laughs> God, did you Q&A. watch any of that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Ugh, I could. Speaking of, hey, folks. One thing you got to know about Matthew, he cringes to the point of needing to leave the room sometimes. <laughs> I turned off within 30 seconds. Yeah. For, I don't know we're talking about that. We're talking about our uh, college had a Q&A over Zoom with John Mulaney once, and it was weird. <laughs> it was just too, like, it. what appeared to be, not in, the only thing I'm basing this off of is just, like, confidence level in being, like, the MCs for this event. Yeah. <laughs> Seemingly too freshman uga students just in their dorm room yeah probably they just like were the ones that had the idea of like we should try to get john mulaney and then because they had that idea they got to be the ones to do it and they weren't prepared for that no that's the vibe it gave off yeah had like a couple of questions but they were like Oh, you've got your I, dog Petunia in the yeah. frame. Do you like her? It was like <laughs> and he had to he was very nice, I remember. Yeah. He was like, Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Yeah, I, they definitely, I think, were leaning on him doing like bits the entire time. I know. It's like, that's not how a Zoom works. 
little did we know <laughs> hmm. that is how a zoom works <laughs> as we've all come to find out well that so <laughs> to answer your question yes it was arwen doing that she like makes the river like not only like swell up but also like drive the horses crazy <laughs> Regular crazy horse situation. Mm. Was this Neil Young? <laughs> um, or crazy horse, the American Indian? <laughs> Either one. Probably Neil Young, though. Um, Adriana's nightclub that she owns in The Sopranos. Ah. <laughs> also good. Also good. Mm. It's kind of my three favorite things related to crazy horse. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> so that, that takes us to the end of book one. And I know what you're thinking. Books? Within books? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hard to believe, but it's true. <laughs> so now, but basically, I, I, I haven't looked to see if there's a part three within Fellowship, but... I think it's two. So we're, we're at the... We're done with the first half of the first book. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Uh, pretty good. Can't... Can't wait for them to go to other places in Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah. I the chapters are getting longer, but my enjoyment staying the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um honestly in thinking about closing thoughts about the first half of the first book, I'm realizing we kinda bit off more than we could chew uh when we did our first couple of episodes in like speaking kind of like what's the word I'm looking for? Not omnisciently. Um, omnipotently? Yes. Um, <laughs> big picture, we'll say. Like, we got, we got too, we, we zoomed out too much too early. Mm-hmm. So we kind of talked a little bit too much about Tolkien yeah. and the writing and like our, like, meta was the word I was looking for. Oh, yeah. So I don't really have too many thoughts about it other than to say, I really, I, I can tell, we've said this repeatedly, I can tell why people would have probably bailed on this a long time ago if this wasn't already just something that's up their alley. Yeah. But I am pumped as all get out for uh, Two Towers and Return of the King. Oh, yeah. Because with all the battles, if it's written even halfway as good as what we've had so far, I'm thrilled. Yeah. I can't wait. Also, when they're in Rivendell, though, and the Mines of Moria... Like anywhere where it's gonna be like there's heavy lore about this place, it's not just like the woods with bugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's gonna that's gonna be super cool too. Even and I'm excited this. to see kind of like the the descriptions of how everything looks and to kind mm-hmm. of compare it to what I remember from the movies. I think yeah. that'll be interesting to do. Yeah, for sure. But hey, if you've made it this mm-hmm. far, folks, you're probably in the category of follower of the show on our <laughs> RSS uh yeah. analytics page. <laughs> Speaking of which, we got an international audience, folks. Oh, yeah. Coming to you live from Savannah, Georgia, but heard all around the world, including in Germany, of all places. What? Denmark? Um, Belgium? We United are lo- Kingdom? We are loved by the Northern Europeans. That is true. Australian? Could be. Mate. <laughs> Although you said you're pretty sure that was just you on a VPN. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Trying to artificially pump up the show's numbers, Drew, for shame. <laughs> well, folks, this has been a roller coaster of an episode. Thank you for sticking with it. Mm-hmm. 
Drew, you want to hit everybody with those plugs? Yeah. Uh, so if you like the show and want to find out more, you can follow our Instagram at Oliphants underscore MC. Um, you can let us know about anything you want to let us know about uh, at our email at OliphantsMotorClub at gmail.com. By the way, disappointing number of emails, folks. Yeah. Come let on. us. Well, hey, let us let us know what you want us to talk about. Send us a good joke or a recipe. We yeah. don't care. Yeah. Send us a Mad Lib <laughs> puzzle. <laughs> Anything that could be fun to do on a show. <laughs> All right. Get back to reading the plugs. Good Lord. Send a, send us send some Sudoku. <laughs> That'd probably make for good radio, right? And you were telling me to speed it up earlier. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, you can follow the show's Twitter at MC. My Twitter is at Drew Felt. I'm at mute underscore Matthew. Um, and yeah, I think that's all the plugs. We'll be back next week with a Talking Points episode. Mm-hmm. And probably back into some more Lord of the Rings after that. Oh, and I forgot. <laughs> we brought it up when we were talking with Adrian in episode seven. Mm-hmm. I think we've decided, all of our loyal listeners, the Chomp Squad. <laughs> so, hey, keep chomping, people. Talk to you soon. Adios. <laughs>